Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. So today, as you can see, um, I'm here here via this video, but I really am excited about this because I've been feeling um, this message, the supreme life we're supposed to be living and today, last week, we talked about the supreme life of faith. And supreme just means you're doing it at another level. You're not just living an okay life. You're not just living an okay faith life. You're living the supreme life. You're li- you know, in John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. I like to call that supreme life the abundant life. The supreme life is the greatest life you could possibly live, maximizing everything that God has for you. And today, we're going to be talking about one of the most important topics, and I'm kind of glad sometimes that I get to teach this in this atmosphere, because I think I, sometimes the pull, the pull kind of takes me in bunny trails, which are great, but I really want to get this content over to you, because I believe today we're talking about how do I live the supreme life of love? How do I live the love of God life? And man, I'm going to tell you what, I really been feeling that this message was so timely. We were talking about it maybe a month ago, about talking about the love of God. And sometimes it seems like such a cliche, like, oh, the love of God. No, I'm talking about this love that I'm talking about today is the kind of love that keeps you free and lets you walk in victory. God's kind of love never fails. And that's what I want to talk to you about. And I, and I want you to understand this, that God's antidote for fear is love. Perfect love casts out all kinds of fear. And we're living in a world right now that's kind of really fear-driven. And I understand it, and I get it. I'm, I'm being very sensitive, but I want you to know, fear is a spirit, and it didn't come from heaven. So we got to walk in love, because what perfect love casts out all fear. And that's so important. I got some scriptures I'm going to show you today. They're going to change your life, but I'm really challenging you this month's all about maturity um, because we're maturing. This is brand new content um, in a sense like this. Like, I want you to go to the next level life of love. And the only way to do that, man, this is a real checkup. Like, today is an adult, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a grown-up love um, sermon because it's going to locate where you are and then asking yourself, how do I develop Next level love, do I change my future forever? Because that's what it's going to come down to. Because just because the fruit of the Spirit, see in Galatians chapter 5, we don't have to go there, but in Galatians chapter 5, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. He said the works of the flesh are these. And he goes on to tell you all the works of the flesh. And we pretty much have mastered the works of the flesh. I don't think we need any more instruction about them. We just identify them. You know what I mean? But the, but the gifts of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit He said, the fruit of the Spirit, he said, listen, he said, the works of the flesh are these, they're a mess. But in Galatians 5, he says this, he said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. So that means we are cultivating a garden of love. We are cultivating the garden of God within our heart, and we must cultivate the Spirit of God in our life. So, you know, 
I, I always start this kind of telling you Jesus left love with the disciples before he left the earth, but this is really the part that I want you to really grab, and that's the truth. But here's my thing. Am I developing in the love of God? And when we get in this word today, I think it's gonna really show us some things that God said love is, but most important is God is love, and if we don't look like, by this, Jesus said in Gospel of John, by this, all men will know that you are my disciple because you have love one for another. And the crazy part about this is he didn't say, by how you love God, we're gonna know you're a disciple. He said, by how you love God and love one another. So you see what I'm saying? So it's just like, oh, I can love God. Anybody can love God all day long because he's easy to love. You know what I mean? But can you love, can you love? By this, all men will know that you are my disciple with your love walk. He didn't say, you cast out devils, you do great things, you know, you do this, you do great. No, he said, by your love walk, the earth's gonna see that you're my disciple. So I want you to look at this supreme love with me. It's gonna be really scriptural. I think it's really awesome. And it's very um, locating. It's gonna locate you. And um, when it locates you, because I already repented. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like, this is kind of cool about this. I kind of got the download and then I kind of like, I was like, ooh, I'm not walking in love, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like, I preached myself in the salvation, you know what I'm saying? Like I was like, ooh, I'm not walking in love. And then you look at love's characteristics. Now let me explain to you. I'm not talking about the love the way you see it. You know, funny thing is this, your love and God's love are two different things. Because my love, personally and humanly, has a lot of exemptions. You know what I mean? I am exempt from loving like that because these people are real ding-dongs. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm exempt from loving like that because these people don't act right. You know what I mean? I'm exempt from loving like that because these people are crazy. I'm exempt from loving like that because you don't know what they did to me. If you knew what they did to me, you would not love them people. Now, that's funny, but now we get on the other side of it. Hey, man. There, and that's cute, and that's okay. And you know all know what I'm saying. That's cute, humorous. But here's the other side of it. Let's just say like, we'll go over here, right? I'll take a step over here and go, here's the other side of it. Now, people really been done wrong by someone. People have almost literally been taken advantage of, hurt. Now, this is the serious side of it. Because, like, you know, the guy at work you can't tolerate and put up with, and you got to walk in love with, that's not as big a deal as someone, you know, hurt you. Someone brought damage to you and affliction to you and pain to your life. Or maybe someone has put your life in a spiral because of their actions. Pastor Chris, you're going to have to really stretch me to see why I'm going to love these people. Because these people don't, now I'm going to say this, now please understand, I'm your pastor. These people don't really deserve love. And I'm going to say something here. I'm going to say something here, and I might be on the edge of controversy, there are some people in the earth whose actions, uh, you could literally go, well, you don't deserve nobody's love, man, because there is evil in the earth. But the reason why we still love the unlovable is, now I want to say this, and I want to explain this, because we use these cliches, and I don't think we really help people. Well, you know, you got to love the unlovable because God loves them. Well, that doesn't mean I got to love them, you know? God could love them all day long. I don't want to love them because... I don't really like them, you know what I mean? I'm just being serious, I'm being transparent, you know what I mean? If somebody wants to like, you know, get, 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 get offended, you shouldn't get offended at me, I'm just being real, you know what I mean? I'm like, well, God can love them all day long, I don't wanna love them, because they're evil, you know what I mean? 
Now, let me show you something here. This is where I take this. I really want you to get this. This is really powerful, and this is really true, and this is why I'm happy I'm here today, like this. I don't love them because God loves them. I'm just being straight with you, man. God love you. love them all day long. I don't want to love them. I love them in obedience to the love of God because God gave me love when I didn't deserve it, so I'm going to sow love to others even when they don't deserve it. That is what you got to see. This is not a merit of I'm going to love them because they're performing right. I'm Supreme love loves them because God loved me. That is what you got to get. Because where I missed the mark, God never stopped loving me. And I'm going to tell you what, this is really cool. The better you get at loving others, the better God gets at loving you. Now, that sounds weird, but it's true. The more he can get in. And once you correct perfect love, you will now start casting out the fears of life, the worries of life, the frets of life, because you start seeing God in a different way. Perfect love casts out fear. So I'm working on my supreme love walk to get perfection in love, that I'm not moved up or down with my love walk by people's performance. My standard of love stays the same because it has nothing to do with people and everything to do with God. So today is going to be really, really good. Okay, so let's go here. Number one, you got to understand something. Living the supreme love life in Galatians 5, 6 is this. Faith works by love. Now, I'm going to read this to you, but I want you to see this, and we're going to say something. When you, look, look at this. This is so good. When, and I'm going to read it in a passion. When you're placed into the anointed one, that's Jesus, and we're joined to him, circumcision and religious ob- obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Now, I want you to look at this. Point number one, I'm going to give you some good notes, okay? Because you always hear this. How many times have you guys heard, faith works by love, right? How many times have you seen that? Faith works by love. That don't make no sense. And, and for, like, not trying to be What does it mean, faith works by love? So my faith gets better with love. It works better. But this is what I'm saying. Write this down the way I read it. We'll speak it to you, okay? I know what you hear. Faith worketh by love, okay? So my faith works by love, but it's going to take faith. Write this down. It's going to take faith to walk in love. That's what you got to remember. You see what I'm saying? This is not something you do naturally. It's going to take faith to love people because you're waiting for faith has no visual appearance of the reason why it's now faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's evidence of things not seen. I'm going to love you not seeing your performance. I'm going to love you not seeing who I think you are because it, it what? Faith is the substance of things. It's the evidence of things not seen. Amen? So I'm going to need the element of faith to walk in love. My faith works by love. It's actioned and energized, but here's what I'm saying. It's going to take faith to love people. That's what you got to get because how many of you know People are not easy to deal with. It's going to take faith and your faith in the love of God. And I want you to see that. So faith worketh by love. Well, love works by faith. Without faith, you're not going to have the love walk you need to have. 
And one of the other components you need to see with this, I really feel is this. If my faith worketh by love, then my love is going to work by faith. I'm going to have to be a person of faith to walk in love with people. That means I'm not looking at my feelings. Faith has no sensual concept at all. Remember, even Abraham said this. He said, considering now not his own body being dead, he considered not the circumstances. He didn't think about it. So here's what I'm saying. I got an almost blind faith just loves even when it doesn't see any reason to be a person of love. And I'm going to tell you what's really good about this. Perfect love is the place of where you're complete on the inside. So ask yourself this question. Am I really looking for feelings connected to my love walk before I'm going to do it? Sure you are. Because that's the thing that's the holdback. I don't feel like loving some people. But it's not about feeling. It's an act of faith. Forgiveness is an act of faith. I don't forgive you because of how you performed. I forgive you because how God's performed in my life. So what starts happening is you start seeing that supreme love in the life of the believer, because I'm going to tell you right here now, Bible says it's the road to victory. If you want to start having victories in your life that you have not had in seasons before, you're going to have to become a person of love and at another level. Because this is what I'm saying is here is they. So if my faith walk is affected, you know, Kenneth Hagin would say that all the time. If my faith wasn't working, I would look at my love walk. That's a good word right there. If faith doesn't look like it's doing what it's supposed to be doing in my life, I would check, check up on my love walk. Amen? Now here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip this. And I got no problem doing this today. Well, here's what I'm saying. Hey, why don't you look at your love walk and check up on your faith? Now, let me explain that. What do you mean? Well, I'm not loving these people. Well, you're, you're, you're loving them based upon what? Faith in God says love people. See, I know what starts out. We start looking at the senses. We start looking at all this other stuff. And then what do we do? We start messing it up because now it's like this. I have an ex- my love walk has an exemption for some people. You don't deserve it. You're not, wor- you're not, you're not responding so the way you, you should. So therefore, I'm not giving it. No, 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 no. It's going to take faith to love people. You see what I'm saying? I think it just spun it a little bit for you to kind of pull this in and go, oh, I get it. This is not a big deal. This is not a big deal um, for me to try to grasp why I'm loving. Just do what Jesus has asked you to do by faith and start loving. Now, I want you to sit on that. That's the big thing. Oh, I'm waiting to figure it out. Jesus said by faith, start doing it. Excuse me, does that make sense? Jesus didn't say, oh, try to figure it out. He said, no, this is the faith side of it. Don't figure it out, just do it. Take the action steps of faith to what? Be a person of love. Now, I'm going to show you here, because I'm going to tell you right now, because this thing, like, we could skip on down to this if you want. I was going to go over here, but I, let's look at First. you got to see this First Corinthians. I know I'm changing around a little bit. Go to First Corinthians 13, 14, Amplified is going gonna, is gonna to do it. We're going to read this because you got to see this. Because Amplified really expounds, well, what is this love? Now, I know we heard this stuff. Yeah, but I don't care how many times you read this. The minute you read it, you start repenting. You should. Because <laughs> you start reading this, 1 Corinthians 13, oh, my God. 
We're going to read four or five. You start reading this. Hey, look, 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 look. This, this stuff right here is, this is the love of God. And the Amplified just expounds the stuff you, you know, King James, you don't really understand. You know what I'm saying? So let's just read it. And as we read it, you can kind of pull the checkup out of it for yourself. Love endures long. Right there, I got to repent. <laughs> I'm not enduring long with people. Aren't you happy God endures long with people? Now, wait, wait, wait go slow. Now, now, okay, you want to see something? Look, now we're flowing, okay? Because now I'm going to really mess it up. Because now I'm going to give you more scriptures. I'm going to go to that first grid. I'm going to take you somewhere. I want you to see this because you need to see these things. And then you go, this helps you grow. Because you, you guys got, you guys are good. Don't fight me on this. Just go with pastors. Say, all right, I'm going to trust you. I don't like you. I don't like you right now, but I'm going to trust you, okay? Now, I'm going to jump on down, and then we're going to come back to this one because I want you to see something here. We're going to go look at 1 John. I just want to show you this. and Don't everybody get nervous. I want you to go look at 1 John 4 and 7, okay? Because it's, it's 1 John 4 and 7, the passion, and then we'll go to that 1 Corinthians one, okay? Because this we got to realize. You can't separate God from love because it's who he is. So every time you see love, go, that's God. That's God, and that's how God responds to people. Now, I'm going to show you something here. It's powerful. You're going to want to write this down. Now, watch this. Okay? Love is how God responds to people. Faith is how God responds to problems. You understand? Listen, or obstacles, services. So when you see people... God, God responds to pe every person on the face of the earth that God responds to, he responds to people in love. Now, circumstances, situations, things in the world, God responds to in faith. Does that make sense? So every time you see love, you see God. That's what that first John says. Now, you're going to see this, and then we say, so every time you see love, go, that's how God is. Now, here's the big one. You ready for this? Why? Why does this revelation help me? This is very important, Okay. Perfecting yourself in love means this. That means I start knowing what the love of God is and I start giving the love of God to others. The more love of God I understand and the more love of God I give to others, the more love of God God gives to me. Then what starts happening is I'm perfecting my love. Once I perfect my love, I cast out all fear. Once there's no fear, there's no delusion of faith. Faith's reciprocal is fear. So what starts happening is this, fear has no place because I'm such a person of faith. You understand what I'm saying? Because now I've perfected love. Somebody would say, well, if you're going to perfect your faith, shouldn't you just get more faith teaching? No, you need to go get some love and deposit. Because love knows, man, God ain't, God ain't against me. God is for me. Now look at this first, John 4, 7. We're going to say this. Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. Now, he's talking to a believer because God is love right there. So when you see, so if somebody says God is love, then love is God and God is love. Come on, right? Everyone who loves is what? Fathered by God. Come on. And what? Experiences intimate knowledge of him. So they're saying, look, you got, so you say you know God, then you better know love because love is God. So now watch this. This is what Jesus started saying. By your love walk, everybody's going to know you with me because that's how they knew who I was. So if your love walk's not too tight, how good of a follower are you? Now look at verse 8. I think I got a couple of them. I don't know. I got a, I got a couple, but I want you to read it. Just keep going, right? And we're going to look at this now. I want you to pull this in because he said, God is love. 
Woo! And if you got love, you got God. Now look what it says right here, because I think this is gonna this pulls in because he explains to you how to go about it. The one who doesn't love has not yet known God, for God is love. You see that? Do you get that in? Now, we're going to go all the way to 10, but let's look at verse 8. The one who what? Doesn't love, he don't know God. So he's going, look, if you don't know God, you don't know love, and if you don't know love, you don't know God. So watch this, right? Everybody in church, well, I'm a believer. He's looking at your love meter. Where you at with this? And we all can grow. So look what he says. Look at the next verse. So the one who doesn't love, you ain't known God. Okay, good. Look what it says next. He says, he who doesn't even understand the light, I don't know what your problem is, but bottom line is this, if you don't figure out the light, you're messed up. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. So what he's saying is, I gave you my love to go love with. What do I always teach you? If you see just the man side, you ain't never giving this away. But if you see the God side, you'll do it all day long. Now watch this. Let me just read the next verse. So verse 10, and I'm going to explain that to you. We're saying man side, God side. You heard me say this a hundred times, some of you, but some of you are new, right? This is love. What is love? He loved us long before we loved him. You see it? He's saying, I love you when you, you were a total mess. I love you. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son. He said, hey, you want to know how much I love you? I'm sending my son for you. And he pleased the sacrificial offering to take away sin. Do you get that? So Jesus said, look, you want to know why I, now there you go, right? Love is going to be a sacrifice. Jesus loved you so much, he sacrificed his son. Now he's looking at you going, what do you got to sacrifice to love people? Because ain't nobody taking your sins but me. Now remember this right here, right? I told you man side, God side. If you say, hey, love this person, I say, bump that because these people are crazy. God goes, no. Remember I told you a long time ago? He spoke to me. He said, you, you say, I was walking around, you know, I don't know, I was trying to learn something, you know, reading the Bible or something. And I remember one day he's like, you need to, you need to, you need to reap, you need to sow what you reaped. I said, man, what you mean sow what you reap? I was, you know, I was young at this, and I was like, oh, I got this scripture backwards. You don't sow what you reap. You reap what you sow. He said, no. In my spirit, I could hear it. It wasn't like God speaking to me audibly. He said, sow what you reaped. I said, no, it's reap what you sow. I, mean, I was like arguing in my head. I was like, that's not the right scripture. And God said, no, you're not getting it. He said, how much mercy did you reap from me? How much love did you get? You didn't deserve it. He's talking to you. He said, Sarno, you didn't deserve none of this. You didn't even want to know me. You were cussing me out, acting like a fool. I didn't grow up in church. You know, he's like, you didn't even, he said, how much love did I reap? How much mercy did I reap? And then this is the next part. Because last time I talked about this, God added on, right? You know what he said? He said, how much you want to walk in it? I said, wait a minute now. No, no, you better understand. This is a powerful revelation. He said, no, 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 no. You reaped it, but how much do you want? You could only experience in God what you give to others. And you better get that. You can only experience in God what you give to others. Meaning this, like, if you're going to hold that, you're going to hold 30%, you ain't getting that from God. God said, I'll hold you up. I want to give it to you, but I got to hold it up because you won't let it go. So, see, God's always like this. And then you go, oh, no. So, I get it. So, he said, now you reaped all this love, sow it. 
give it to people that don't deserve it because why? You were the biggest guy that didn't deserve it, but I gave it to you anyway. <sighs> you go, great, God. And then you start learning. And he said, and then he said, you know, then God will get you, though. God will get you. He said, stop being a baby. It isn't even your love to give. It's my love in you to give to others. Don't you, who are you to hold it back? Give it away. It ain't yours. Give it away. Give it away. And I know a lot of you are going to have to give it away by faith because there's some people out there are evil. I told you that. I'm not just sitting here like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not ridiculous in my thought. I understand. So did God. But I mean, come on. They were constantly, they, no one understands pain more than God. You know what I'm saying? So whatever the pain is you went through, trust me, God went through greater to get you back. So, so let the experience be sown. Okay, is that all right? Now let's look at this because I think this is so good, right? Let's look at that. Let's look at that and then we'll do that one thing there. And we'll look, let's look at the first Corinthians 10 because what is God? Love endures long. Now we all need to repent right there. Endures long. I don't endure nothing long. <laughs> if I go out to eat and they say 15 minutes, there might be me leaving the place. I what do we endure long? I don't want a patient. I don't want a kind. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. How many how many made it through endures long? Y'all lie. No, come on. Endures long. If you I'm done in the first three. Endure as long as patient and kind. Right there. I'm running, I'm batting two for three right about now. <laughs> I got problems. I got problems. I need the Holy Ghost right now. How many of you are how many of you endure long? Endure long, patient and kind. Love never envies. Or does not boil over with jealousy. Look at that. That's a power trip right there, right? You're like, envy is, yeah, man. Boil over. No, is not boastful. It does in vain gloriously. It does not display itself haughtily. Don't get all puffed up and prideful. <laughs> How many of you get prideful? Don't lift your hand. Your wife already knows. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now, come on. You know what I'm saying? It is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, does not act. I heard those laughs. Does not, does not, <laughs> does not act. Unbecomingly, I need to repent. I need, I need to get saved again. How many of you want to just get saved again and start over? Jesus, can we have a restart up pro project? Why can't Jesus be like the government? Just give everybody a do-over. <laughs> uh, can we get a stimulus check for this? Praise the Lord. <laughs> can I get some kind of assistance from heaven? God is love. Oh, my God. It does not insist. Oh, my God. Some of you people... You better repent. Y'all lying, man. Look, love, God's love in us does not insist on its own rights. Do not, just look, just look straight ahead. All you do is don't move. Look straight ahead. You know, well, what do you want to do, honey? Don't worry about it. Amen. What? Does not insist its own rights. It is not self-seeking. It is not touchy. Oh, praise the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost on this one. What do you mean it's not touchy, fretful, or resentful? Oh, this is great. So this is God. Well, God knows I ain't God. Praise the Lord, right? It's not touchy. How many of you are touchy? Come on now. Come on now. Right? Don't raise your hand. It's not resentful. It does not take account of evil done to it. I want to go home right now. What do you mean? What? It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. 
We need to go back to that. <laughs> we need to go back. It isn't touchy. It isn't resentful. It isn't messed up. But what? It is not. It takes no account of evil done to it. That means it's just what? It just doesn't have an account of wrongs. Now watch this. How in the heaven is Jesus going to say, be like that? He's got to give me the grace for it. But you know why he gave you grace for it? He already did it for you. He washed your account of wrongs away. Now, if you want to go hold you for him, then guess what? You got to pay for yours. <laughs> I'll tell you, God, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, God is like, he's a mind trap, man. He's got you. You can't, I'm going to tell you, you do not want to play. You can't play with God. He's got you. And look at the end of it. Look what he said. He said what? He said, I already got you free. And he said this, doesn't what? Pays no attention to suffer wrongs. That's what he did with you. That, can you believe that? That is what he did with you, so that's what he expects you to do with others. And I know what you're going to say, well, I don't have the power to do this. I'm not God. No, he gave you his love. He gave you his spirit. He gave you his grace. He gave you his faith, and he gave you his ability. Look, look, I'm not done. Love, look at this. We got to keep going, right? Six, we're going to read all the way to eight. Love, it does not read. Oh, my God. <laughs> look at six. It does not rejoice. Oh, my God. I, I kind of shout every once in a while I want to see, you know, this stuff. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but it rejoices when right and truth prevail. Does not rejoice in injustice, right? Don't you like sometimes, like, you know, not in a bad way, like nothing bad, like, you know what I mean? But like, you know, like when somebody rises up against you and they're mean to you or they're bad and they, you know, they, they kind of get, how many, ever had somebody, this is the best one, this is the hard one. You ever had somebody lie about you and it was a total lie and then it gets found out that you didn't lie and they were lying and they get caught? I shouted praise the Lord. I admit it. I did. I was like, God's so happy. I was like, I told you. I told you. That's right. Serve you right. And then God rebuked me. <laughs> but I did. People lied about me one time. They were like, oh, you did all I said, they're not. And everybody believed it. They're all like on their side. I was like, what? what are you talking about? I didn't do it. I just told you I didn't do it. They're like, oh, yeah, you did. You Something so stupid. I said, I didn't do it. I'm telling you now, man. I don't lie. There ain't no reason to lie. Then they found out later it wasn't me lying. It was the other people lying. I got happy when they got caught. I don't care. I was like, good, praise God. I hope you, I hope you, I hope you get in trouble too. <laughs> I was, bro. I was like, good, I hope you get in trouble too. I hope you get kicked out and get in trouble. And I pray you got to pray all that stuff because you're wrong. And then on the car ride home, God's like, you know, you got to fix your heart and repent because now you're in trouble because now you got messed up. I'm like, man, I can't just have a minute. He's like, no, I didn't give you no minute. Look what it says. We got to keep reading. You know what I'm saying? But isn't this true? Don't you feel it? Love don't do that. But you, how many of you still do it? Thank you very much. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Great. And is ever ready to believe the best of every person. I do not personally believe the best of every person. I try sometime. <laughs> but you can't always get what you want. I mean, people are crazy. I got to believe the best of these things? Yes. Why? Because Jesus does it. It hopes, its hopes are fatalist under all circumstances. Man, that means he's never hopeless with God. He's like, I'm in it. He's in it with some weird people, but he hopes that endures everything without weakening. How many you get weak? Love will strengthen you. Amen? Look, keep going. And then we're almost done. Because you got to see the last part, because the last part's really going to help you. It really will. I'm going to tell you, you're going to love it. Why? Love, 
What's love got to do with it? Everything. I'm going to tell you right now, because you want to know what? Love never fails. You can't fail if you stay in love. It never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Prophecies, gifts, all that other stuff are going to disappear, but love, it ain't stopping. It will not pass away. Love is your victory. Don't forget that. Now, I'm going to give you a story, that Matthew story. You need to see this because this really reels, reels clear because this is how Jesus said to you. He starts talking about the servant in the Bible. I've read this to you before, but I wanted to read it in the Passion so you could see this, and, and I think you can get this. It's Matthew 18, 21. I want you to look at that. Matthew 18, 21, we're going to read it in the Passion. Is this helping you? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. It's helping you, right? Because how many know we got to be people of love, and this is a story in the Bible that really is a great, um, a lot of times people got love and forgiveness connected. Like, oh, if you love, you got to be forgiver. But this story right here shows the example. We're going to read a lot, so I want to read it to you, okay? We're going to read all the way down, and I'll, I'll blow through it pretty quick. But I want you to look at this. It says, Peter approached Jesus and said, how many times, y'all know this one, how many times I got to forgive? And I think forgive and love work together, and I think there's an element of forgiveness within love. You know what I'm saying? Because I really do, because I think, like, man, you got to get this mindset. But this is what I, I, I like, because this is what I want to show you here. When we're talking about the love of God, this really shows you the character of God towards people. Remember I said, God, God responds to people with love. He responds to problems with faith. God responds to people with love. He responds to obstacles with faith. God responds to people with love. He responds to circumstances with faith. Do you get it? So if you're going to respond to people, it's got to be in love. So Peter asked this great question. Peter approached Jesus and said, hey, how many times I got to forgive these goofy people? <laughs> That's basically what he's saying. He's saying, hey, how many times I got to forgive these fellow believers who offend me? <laughs> you got to go back. That's too quick. They need to meditate in this. You're doing good. But you need to get this. Pull this. Look at this. Look what he said. Peter approached Jesus and said, how many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? That's everybody, though. Imagine this. He's talking about church people driving you up a wall, let alone lost people, seven times. Jesus said, yeah, right. Go ahead. He said, no. You ain't got to forgive seven times. He said, no. Seven times, Peter, 70 times seven times in a day. Yeah, okay, great. Keep going. Now he's got to give him therapy so he gives him a parable to help him understand how in the world am I going to forgive these ding-dongs seven times 70 in a day? The lessons of forgiveness in heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. He said, this is, this is how you know you can pull this off. There was once a king who had a servant who had borrowed money from the royal treasury. He decided to settle his accounts with each of them. Okay? I'm cool with it. And he began the process. It came to his attention that one of his servants owed him $1 billion. $1 billion. So he summoned the servant. Before, bro, somebody owes me a billion dollars. I'm getting some of it, bro. But thank God I ain't God. Right? No, but look, read the story. It makes sense. He owed some of them, and his servant said before him, he said, pay me what you owe me. Go get a billion. When his servant was unable to repay his debt, the king ordered that he be sold as a slave along with his wife, his children, and every possession they owned as payment toward his debt. The servant threw himself face down at the master's feet and begged for mercy. He said, please, 
be patient with me. Funny, right? That's what love does. Love is patient. See, that's what I'm saying. When you see forgive, man, you're going to need love. When you see love, you're going to need to forgive. But here's what I want you to see. I want you to get the heart of God because this is how God, res- God responds to people with love. But I want you to see what happens if you hold love back, okay? This is more than just forgiveness. This is about love, okay? Just give me more time, and I'll repay you all that I owe you. Upon hearing his plea, the king had compassion, and released him and forgave him of his debt. Man, a billion-dollar debt off. Now watch. No sooner did the servant leave when he met one of his fellow servants who owed him $20,000. He seized him by the throat. Began to... So this guy got off a billion dollars, and he owes somebody, somebody owes him 20 grand. He goes and says what? He began to choke him. You better pay me right now everything you owe me. That's crazy, right? You're thinking, his fellow servant threw himself face down at his feet and begged, please be patient with me. Same words. Just give me time. I will pray you all that I owe. Sounds just like he said. Same terminology. Be patient with me. Give me time. But the one who had his debt forgiven stubbornly refused to forgive what was owed him. He had his fellow servant thrown into prison and demanded he remain there until he repaid the debt in full. When his associates saw what was going on, they were outraged and went to the king and told him the whole story. Man, this is going downhill quick. The king said to him, you scoundrel, is this the way you respond to my mercy? Man, think of that. Because this, Jesus said, this is how the kingdom of heaven works. Because you begged me, I forgave you the massive debt that you owed me. Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant that I showed to you? In a fury of anger, the king turned, turned him over to the prison guards to be tortured until all his debt was repaid. In this same way, my heavenly father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart toward your fellow believer. Now, you got to ask yourself the question. You can finish it out. What do you mean? What does that mean? That means this. He said, now watch this. If he's asking me to do it, he gave me the capacity to do it. See, he said the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. All you're really doing by not loving is holding back the love God gave you towards others. And you got the ability to love everybody and anybody. You just got to let the love of God overflow. I think one of the things you need to see, now that story hits home because that story lets me understand how God deals with mankind. It wasn't just about forgiveness. It was an act of love. What do you mean? I, I, be patient with me. Well, love is patient. Love is kind. Think about what we were reading here today, that if I'm going to be a person of supreme love, I got to be able to allow this love to be what? Free-flowing in my life. I want to give you a scripture which I really, really like. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, we're going to read a couple of verses in there. I love this scripture. Walking in love is the supreme prize of the believer. That's our job. 
I love this because as I was reading it, it allowed me to give myself some scriptural access to what I was talking about. So think about that story. In Philippians 2 and 1, we're going to go right on down the line. I want to read a couple verses in there. But God is love, and love, love has these, all these attributes, and love has all this, you know, um, all these, this fruit. Um, and it's a developing fruit that you must, uh, you know, love. One of the characteristics of love is what? It doesn't get, it doesn't get, it doesn't get overwhelmed with, with life. It allows you to navigate in seasons. It doesn't become touchy. It's not fretful. It doesn't assume wrong things. It be, believes. It hopes. See, these are all the attributes of God. But look what it says in Philippians 2.1. It says, look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with Jesus, the anointed one. You're filled to overflowing with his comforting love. Isn't that cool? He said, look, he said, look at how much you're great. Why? You're overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit, and you have felt his tender affection and mercy. Now, that's one of the things I want you to know. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to operate in the love of God. Now, let me explain something to you. This is not natural love. It's God's love in you needing faith to release it and the Holy Spirit's help to allow you to access it in the earth. That is what you got to understand. The power of God's grace, if you take faith and put it in God's grace to go love people from scriptural proof, you can love everybody and anybody and you can forgive those that you need to forgive and move on with life. Because this is the thing that I want you to see. God said, if you hold someone in a place, in a position that you do not need to be holding them, God will respond to you like that. It'll affect your prayer life. It'll, this is why we got to do it, guys. It'll affect your prayer life. It'll affect your walk of the Spirit. It'll affect, because walking in the Spirit is walking in love. It'll affect your life. So you got to learn how to Kind of growing this. Now, this I, want, I don't want you to leave this building like, oh, I'm discouraged. My God, how am I going to overcome this? God's grace already overcame it. God gave you the power to live this supreme love life. Look what it says here. And we're going to read all, I think we're reading like verse 8 or something like that, right? And it all the way there. Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with Jesus. What did you find? Filled with overflowing with his comforting love. You've experienced friendship with the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Keep going. I want you to pull this in because I want you to see what he's saying. He's saying this is, the, this is where he kind of says, yeah, press for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But I want you to so I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with what? Unbounded joy right? What's he saying? He's saying, live this life. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide you, or to hide in your hearts. It doesn't sound like this love stuff, right? Don't be boastful. Don't get haughty. Don't get weird. Be authentic in humility. Put others first and view others as more important than yourself. Sounds like the love walk, right? It's kind of like, hey, uh, abandon every display of selfishness. Doesn't this just sound like what we talked about, right? Love isn't so, it doesn't have its own way, doesn't have to do this, but possess a greater conscience for what matters to others instead of your own interest, right? Didn't we say that? Doesn't insist on its own way, he's saying the same thing. Now watch this. And consider this. What? The example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us 
Let his mindset become your motivation. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? Think like God thinks. So important, right? He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. There you go there. You want to live that supreme prize life? You want to live that supreme faith life? And what? Instead, he emptied himself of outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a servant, and he became human. Why is that? Because what? The key was this. He humbled himself, became vulnerable, choosing to be what? Revealed as a man, and he was obedient. He was the perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death of crucifixion. But you see what it said in verse 6? It was verse 6, wasn't it, where it said, you want to live the supreme life? You want to live the life of faith? You want to live the life of next life? He, he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Is this the supreme life you want to live? Is that the example? Say, so well, you know, what is, your, what is your desire? Well, I want to make a lot of money. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with making a lot of money. Oh, I want to have a great career. Well, there ain't nothing wrong with having a great career. Oh, I want to do great things. There ain't nothing wrong with doing great things. Oh, I want to do this, that, and the other thing. There's nothing wrong with all that. But are you making, just put that up there one more time. So is the supreme prize of your life to be like Christ, pressing for the prize of the high calling? Why did God, why did Jesus consider himself no reputation? Because he understood that my supreme prize in life is to be like God, to seize equality with God as his supreme prize. What was he saying? Jesus said this, my number one goal, my number one action, and my number one motivation in the earth is to be like God in the earth, to what? To receive the supreme prize that God has for my life. Guys, I want you to know today, if you make love your supreme prize, your life is gonna change forever because the Bible says love never fails. Listen, I'm closing with this and I want you to know, there's a lot of fear out there, there's a lot of noise out there, and there's a lot of stuff going on out there that's rough and it's tough to navigate, and I understand that, and I want you to know, I love you and I care about you and I want you to remember this. You might not be perfect in love today, nobody's perfect in love, but we're all growing in the grace of love to become better people of loving others because Jesus said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciple, the love you have one for another. Remember this. I haven't arrived, but I'm getting better each and every day at loving God and loving people. Remember, God has given you the grace to live the supreme love life. Let me pray for you today. Stand up on your feet, lift your hands to heaven, and let's just confess this today, that we can go to another level of being the people of love that God has called us to be. Father, I thank you for each and every person in this building right now. And just say this with me. Father, thank you for helping me become the person of love you've called me to be. Quicken my memory to remember the story and the word of God each and every day so I can grow in the grace of love and walk in the faith of love each and every day of my life. Thank you. And just say this, maybe there's some areas of forgiveness. We all need to forgive ourselves. Maybe you need to forgive someone. Maybe you need to forgive you. Just say this out loud, and we're gonna do this by faith. Father, I forgive the people I need to forgive right now. Mention their name, go ahead. Say it out loud, whisper it under your breath. Whatever. I forgive me, I forgive whoever. 
I forgive them right now by faith, and I know that my feelings will catch up. But by faith, in obedience to your word, I forgive. Thank you for forgiving me because I walk in love and I walk in forgiveness. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, and everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to see you next week. Glory to God. Don't forget, look at all the announcements. Sign up for family days. Don't forget breakfast together. We're coming to see you. I love you guys. God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.